0: The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.
1: And we welcome you once again to Grace in Focus, our radio broadcast and podcast from the Grace Evangelical Society. We are glad you are here. Habakkuk has been having a conversation with God, and God has an answer to his complaints. God's Word will never fail. It is permanent and certain. And therefore, we need to live by faith, obeying God's Word. Bob Wilkin, Dave Renfro, and Ken Yates will be along with that discussion in just a moment. In the meantime, I want to remind you about our website, faithalone.org. We hope that you will go there and see some resources that might be of help to you. And we hope that you also will be thinking about joining us at our national conference right here in Denton, Texas. And that's coming up in May. It's just the right time right now to be thinking about that and making plans to join us. You'll find more details and registration information at our website, that's faithalong.org. Please join us. Now, let's go to our discussion for the day. Gentlemen.
2: Welcome back to Grace and Focus. In this segment, we're going to be talking about the Lord's second answer, part one. Let's look at two, one through five. Maybe we'll get into the woes a little bit. There are five woes after two, one to five, right? Correct. And that's things that the Lord is giving in his answer. But before we get there, we've got some important verses, including 2-4, which comes up in the New Testament.
0: For Well, they're very important for you to New Testament whoop de doos that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's, <laughs> that's what I call important people, whoop de doos <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's take a look at verse 1. Verse 1 is kind of a conclusion to what Habakkuk said at the end of chapter 1, his... You know, his second question, he did a lot of things. He essentially accused the Lord of a lot of stuff that he's going against his character. He's not acting according to who he is. That's pretty bold to accuse the Lord. You're not doing something right. And so now notice what he says here in verse one of chapter two of Habakkuk. He says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So, in other words, he's standing watch, meaning he's a security guard or he's a sentry at a fort. He's on the wall of the city in their day looking for activity out there in the field to see if the Lord's going to come and, quote, attack him. Well, the Lord's going to give him an answer here pretty quick. But it is interesting that that Habakkuk thinks that he, because he got the first answer, that now he's really going to get an answer and he's going to be in an important place. He's a sentry. He's a guard, security guard, watching for the Lord to act. And sure enough, look what happens in verse 2. Now, the verses 2 through 5 are really an introduction, or 2 through 3 is an introduction to what the Lord is going to say in his second answer. And then verses 4 and 5, the Lord indicts the Chaldeans. In other words, it's like the Lord takes the Chaldeans to court. And then on the basis of the conviction that occurs, the Lord convicts them in court of horrible things. Then the last verses, 6 through 20, is what we call the five woes, because there's five woes, three verses each. We'll take a look at that a little bit later, but let's take a look at these first five verses. Starting in verse two, I think it's very interesting. If you read verse two, he says, the Lord answered and said to me, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. In other words, what the Lord is telling Habakkuk is this answer just ain't for you. (laughs) It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Write it down and notice the idea of tablets. Do we know of anything else in the Old Testament written on tablets? Uh, The Ten Commandments? Ding, 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 ding. So why would he say write this on tablets? I think there's two reasons. Number one, permanence. It's not going to rot away like a piece of paper or a parchment. The second is, because the Ten Commandments were on tablets, this is in the same category of God's pronouncements. So he says, write it down. And once again, all of chapter two of Habakkuk is poetry. And you're going to see pictures and picture and picture. Some of these are bizarre to our mind. And I don't have time to answer all the bizarre stuff in this chapter. But let me give you the overview of what it's teaching, okay? Yeah. So after the after Habakkuk sets himself up for the answer, the Lord answers it. He says verse two, that he may run who reads it. So in other words, to run to tell others. Also, this is a a very interesting point too. I think he's he needs to run tell others what's going to happen, and encourage people to live according to the will of the Lord, in spite of what's going on around them. Live according to God's will is essentially what he's saying. You think that might apply today? Absolutely. We need to learn the same thing, don't we? No matter what goes on, the chaos around us, what does the Lord expect of us?
3: His word. We need to live by his word, you know, which I think what you're saying about the Ten Commandments on the tablets, here's his word. Yeah. They're permanent. Mm -hmm. when you live by those.
0: I've been doing a lot of work in Deuteronomy, and one of the things that just jumps out at me in Deuteronomy is the Lord is saying over and over again, just obey me, do what I tell you to do, and I'll take care of the rest. I think he's doing that here. Just follow me. Do what I want you to do. I'll take care of the rest. Yeah, you may even go into captivity, which a lot of these people did. A lot of them were killed, but a lot of them went into the Babylonian captivity doesn't matter. What is he telling his people to do? Live by faith. So that's why Habakkuk needs to run and tell everybody to do this. Verse 3 is interesting because he says, the vision is yet for an appointed time, meaning it's in the future, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry, meaning it's in the future, Habakkuk, but it's not that far in the future. And Sure enough, this got literally fulfilled. If I'm right, and and Habakkuk was writing this in about 625, 630 BC, the Babylonians came and took the first wave of captives back in 605, just 20 to 25 years after Habakkuk's message here. The Lord literally fulfilled it, and he did not tarry, did he? Now, uh, when he says the vision,
2: is he talking about what's to come, verses 5 through 20?
0: Yeah, all of the stuff that he's going to do to not only Israel, but the problem that Habakkuk has now is, Lord, you're allowing these horrible people to come in and judge your your wicked people. And it's almost like Habakkuk is saying, I understand that, but you're allowing these even more wicked people to prosper. Are you going to do anything about them? That's the answer that is in chapter two. Okay, And so... What happens, this judgment that he will do to the Chaldeans is in the future, but not necessarily that far into the future. The Babylonians, the Neo-Babylonians got conquered by the Persians 75 years later. 75 years later is not that far. So the Babylonians got what they deserve from the Persians, and the Persians are not nice people either. That's how he starts this whole thing. And then there is this verse, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. And that's true. People are proud. They think it's all about me, and I, can take, I don't need the Lord. I can take care of everything for myself. But notice what the Lord says. But the just shall live by his faith. Does that verse appear anywhere else in the Bible? Let's see. It seems like Paul uses that a few
2: times, doesn't he? Yes, in Romans and Galatians, yes. How is he using it?
3: Well, that's interesting because in Romans 1 there, Zane has, I think, made a a great point in his commentary on Romans that it is a sanctification issue.
2: Yeah, Uh, he thinks the just, that is those who are declared righteous by God, by faith, that's how we're declared righteous, shall live. And he thinks that the shall live— is Romans 5 through 8.
3: Through the power of the Spirit. And the
2: just by faith is Romans 3 and 4. So the just by faith shall live. He's not seeing this as a justification verse, although it does talk about the just by faith. Right. But it's mainly a sanctification verse because they shall live. And he sees shall live as essentially a future used as an imperative. It's a command. Exactly. And the way they're to live is explained in Romans 5 through 8. And then, of course, you also have this in Galatians chapter 3, what? 311, right. And there it's used a little bit differently. How does Paul use it in 311? Well, I'll read it. It says, but that no one is
3: justified by the law on the side of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith.
2: So if it does mean the same thing there as it meant in Romans, it would still be that they're justified by faith and that they should live a godly life in light of their faith. But the point is, Habakkuk 2, four would deny justification by works. Well,
3: it's interesting in Galatians 3.11, the previous verse, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And I think that's very relevant to Romans, because in Romans, living is by the Spirit and not by the law. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so Paul is saying the same thing, it seems here in Galatians, that yes, he who is righteous will live by faith, not by the law. So once again, you could see where it's a sanctification issue. Seems to me they're parallel.
2: And so you don't have to see in Habakkuk two four exactly the same message as Genesis 15.6. It does include justification by faith, mm-hmm. but the emphasis is on living. Because as you point out, David, the first half of verse 4 is about the proud and his soul is not right in him. What we expect in Hebrew poetry is the second half to be antithetically parallel, right? It would be saying the opposite.
0: Well, especially if you have the word, but in there, yeah, the proud are incredibly selfish. And that's what verse five, the first five describes how the proud is, how the proud is not upright. But in contrast, the just will live by the, their faith in the Lord, regardless of what happens, they go into captivity. They're even killed by the enemy. Doesn't matter the just need to be living by their faith in the Lord, that he knows what he's doing and that there is a plan.
2: And that the just are humble. Right. Right. In other words, they're the opposite of the proud.
0: Right. And I would just maybe
3: press a little bit further in Romans that living by the flesh in the law is proud. Look what I'm doing in my own flesh right? versus walking by the power of the spirit.
2: Well, we didn't quite, David, get to verse five, but we can begin the second verse half of chapter 2 with verse 5, kind of wrap it up there, and then go to the rest of the
0: five woes. Actually, verse 5 is a great introduction to the rest of the chapter.
2: Okay. In the meantime, let's keep Keep grace grace in in focus. focus.
1: Thank you both for that informative discussion. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. God loves a cheerful giver, and that's why we think our financial partners are some of the happiest people in the world. If you would like to learn how to become a financial partner with Grace and Focus, we would very much appreciate it. Learn more at faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And on our next episode of Grace in Focus, we will continue with a backup. Please plan to join us. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep Grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.